です。Welcome back to Thank Fucking God It's Friday. I'm Drew. And I'm Katie. And today we are talking Full House, a show that starred a two-time participant and one-time winner of the show The Dating Game. Oh, really? Who was that? Bob Saget. Oh, wow. Yeah, Bob <laughs> Was it Saget. like a celebrity episode or was it before that? Nope. It was the first time that he was ever on TV. Oh, wow. Yep. 1977. <laughs> he was on it twice. He won once. When he won... He won a trip to Guatemala with it, and they said a civil war broke out a month later, so he didn't go. <laughs> Instead, he got turtle wax for his car. Oh, man. I didn't know that they gave away such good prizes on the dating game. I had no idea what any... I never watched. <laughs> the only reason I really know anything about the dating game is from true crime podcasts that talk about a guy who was a serial killer, and while he was a serial killer, he won the dating game. Nice. <laughs> and then, did he kill that girl? No, she um, said he was too creepy and they didn't go out. Yeah, but that's that fair. is Isn't Rodney you? Alcala. Yeah. Solid, uh, solid intuition on her part. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Bob Saget said that he actually saw the girl that he won the date with 20 years later, too. Uh, <laughs> that he was at some party and at like this bar, or at the party, the girl was like a bartender at the party. And oh. Was like, oh, well. Because she didn't do as well as him. Yeah, clearly not. Yeah. <laughs> she was a bartender and he was there. And presumably this is like a Hollywood party. I, I don't know. It just says he was at a party. <laughs> Got it. So before we get into Full House, we've been getting some great reviews on iTunes and we wanted to start reading those each week. So do you want to go ahead, Drew? Yeah, sure. This one's from a little bit ago. Uh, it is from Palandra via iTunes says, if 90s nostalgia is something near and dear to you, this podcast has got to be in your feed. Katie and Drew are absolutely delightful. She doesn't know me. <laughs> They've got a great rapport and energy together, and they make you feel like you want to be part of the conversation. They start out with some awesome choices. You can't start stronger than hitting Adventures of Pete and Pete, Saved by the Bell, and Fresh Prince in your first five episodes, and they definitely know their stuff. Again, does not know us. <laughs> this podcast is so much fun. Thank you. We... We try. Yeah. I mean, we do research before each episode. So, you know, we're putting in some some time. Yeah, because I remember almost nothing about all the shows. <laughs> yeah. And definitely a lot of the facts are coming from a accumulation of different websites that we've seen. Yeah. I just <laughs> I just Google it. Yeah. So you could do the same, but it's probably easier to just listen to us, right? Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, <laughs> why do the work when I'll do the work instead? Exactly. So if you have a spare minute or two, reviews help us reach more listeners on iTunes especially. But I think you can leave reviews in other places too. And we really appreciate them. And as long as we keep getting them, we'll keep reading them. So thank you. Yes. So we're talking about Full House this week. And it debuted on ABC on September 22nd, 1987. Which, for some reason, I never remember that it started that long ago. But then when you think about it, Michelle was, like, a tiny baby. Yeah, like, I know the Olsen twins are older than me, I think, by a year. A year. <laughs> but I didn't watch the show until the mid to late 90s because oh. I, w I probably watched it in syndication. Uh, I don't know. I I was too little to, like, <laughs> at three years old and, like, I want to watch Full House. No, yeah. I don't know. 
I probably started watching it when I was like six or seven. So around like 90, 91, 92, something like that. But it aired on Fridays for the first four seasons, including two as part of TGIF. And then it moved to Tuesdays for the rest of the run. And actually early on, it was on both Tuesdays and Fridays to help it build an audience. TGIF was in the 80s too? 89. Oh, whatever. I don't know these things. I assume TGIF started like 1997. (laughs) No. (laughs) And then the series wrapped up in May of 1995 after eight seasons. And this was basically like the family sitcom. Like it was the most wholesome, loving family that you'd ever seen on TV other than like Little House on the Prairie and maybe the Waltons or something. See, I... I think for me, I didn't watch this one as much as other shows. Like, I watched a lot more Family Matters yeah. than Full House. I think I was more into Urkel and his jokes and that type of humor. Yeah. I definitely was more of a fan of Full House. I watched Full House all the time. I watched it in syndication. I mean, I still watch it in syndication every now and then. So, And I'm, I'm not going to lie. Right now, I'm thinking this. I don't know the difference between Full House and Step by Step. Step by Step was like the modern Brady Bunch. Was it? Yeah. So that was the one with Suzanne Summers and what's the guy? Patrick Duffy. And they each have three kids. So one of them has two daughters and a son and the other has two sons and a daughter. Okay. They all come together in one family. I know that I know the song for Step by Step. <laughs> yeah. But I don't remember any of that. <laughs> Yeah, it was not a great show. If you watch it now as an adult, which we will do one of these days. But I do remember (laughs) Full House. Like, I remember all of the characters on Full House. So I guess that does say something about it being a better show. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it was over the top for sure. And they had maybe too many catchphrases like, you got it, dude. How rude. Oh, my Lanta. Is that what that's from? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And have mercy. So, actually, in one of the episodes that we watched today, they say, whoa, baby, which is also one of the catchphrases. <laughs> I think there was a have mercy in one of them. Yeah, movies. I think so, too. But you mean to tell me that a show where they're like, the premise is a guy invites his brother and best friend to come help him raise his kids was <laughs> over the top? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, you know. I mean, it was easy to watch for yeah. me. It was relatable in the sense that everything was exaggerated, but it was kind of grounded in reality, like relationships with siblings and wanting to fit in with your friends and being the middle kid. I don't know, stuff like that. But we can agree, though, that like the house they show that them living in, like from the outside would not fit all those people. No. And it evolves over time. Like at the beginning of the series, I think Joey is living in the garage And Jesse is across the hall from the girls. And then, like, later, Jesse and Rebecca are living in the attic. And they, like, build that out. Yeah. But they also have a basement, which I guess is the garage, maybe. Yeah, I feel like the basement would be the garage based on, like, how the house looks. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. So the show is centered around, originally, a sports anchorman, Danny Tanner. Well, before that, it was even something different. No, he starts as a sports anchorman. No, no, no. I mean, the premise of the show. Oh, really? Yeah. It was originally going to be called House of Comics, and it was going to be about three stand-up comics living in a house together. Oh, so without the kids? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they were going to have kids there. I don't know. But it was supposed to be three stand-up comics living in a house together, and then the network's like, "Mm, 
maybe not. Let's do a family thing instead. And they reworked it apparently completely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they left the three adults, three adult men. One of them is a comic. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, three men and a baby, isn't that what it is? Or is it two Basically. men and a baby? What's the show? I three think it's men three. and a baby. I've never actually seen that movie. Me either. <laughs> In season two, he becomes a talk show host of Wake Up San Francisco. I didn't actually remember the whole sports thing. Yeah, that doesn't sound like Danny Tanner at all. <laughs> no. And he is a recent widower raising three daughters in San Francisco and struggling to do so. He has his brother in law, Jesse Kitsopoulos, although his original last name was Cochran. His original first name was Adam. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) So Jesse moves in, and then also Danny's best friend, Joey Gladstone. And yeah, so that's John Stamos and Dave Coulier. How how down on his luck must Joey have been to be like, yeah, I think I'll help you with that? (laughs) Well, if you think about it, they were like in their 20s. It's not like they were super old. Really? Because how old was DJ at the beginning? 10. So how old was he when he had the kid? Probably pretty young because they were uh, high school sweethearts. I guess. Okay. But I'm guessing that Joey could use the free rent. In San Francisco? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. As a stand-up comic, probably not making a whole lot of money. Yeah. So. And then also Jesse, because when the series starts, he's an exterminator. Yeah, he's something. I don't know. (laughs) Danny's daughters are Donna Jo, who goes by DJ, played by Candace Cameron, Stephanie, played by Jody Sweeten, and Michelle, played by Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. And they worded their name as Mary-Kate Ashley Olsen because they didn't want people to know that it was two people. Which is really fucking weird. Yeah. Like, why, of all the things, like, God, we can't let people know there's two twins here playing this person. <laughs> why? It's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to... No, no. No one cares. <laughs> yep. So when the series starts, the girls are like... 10, 5, and 10 months or so. Okay, yeah. So it's like, his wife, did she die during childbirth? Do we know what happened? She was killed by a drunk driver. I feel like I remember that vaguely in some part of my mind, but... Yeah, there's an episode in, I think, season 8, where Kimmy gets drunk, and it really, like, upsets DJ because of her mom having been killed by a drunk driver. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. Fucking Kimmy. (laughs) So, yeah, they're pretty big age differences, and it's kind of surprising how they can, like, make the sisters, like, relate to each other despite that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I have friends that have, like, big age discrepancies in there. Really? Yeah. Oh. I my mean, sister and I are only two years apart, so. I mean, same, but, like, my buddy Brandon, his, he's my age, and his youngest sister's in high school as a sophomore. Oh, wow. I mean, that's, I don't know how many years, but, you know. <laughs> It's years. Yeah. Like 16. Shit. (laughs) It's a long time. Yeah. So over the course of the series, Jesse marries Danny's co-host, Rebecca Donaldson, and they have twins, Nikki and Alex, and Danny dates his other co-host, Vicky, and they end up breaking up after she's always traveling for work, mostly to Chicago. He proposes in Disneyland. Don't remember that. (laughs) So before we get into the episodes we're talking about today, I have some listener mail, and this is from Miranda. So she says, hey guys, I'm Miranda, big fan. I found you through the Hey Beautiful podcast, and it has been love at first here. Full House has a special place in my heart. My childhood best friend and I watched this show religiously. This was my first show I watched the series ending in real time. That being said, it was also my first show I've ever yelled at the TV. I loved it and hated it all in one. 
The first episode I recommend you both watch because I was asking people for recommendations. We didn't actually take any of these suggestions. <laughs> I blame Katie for that uh, <laughs> because I didn't know about any of these. Yeah. <laughs> I had some specific ones I wanted to talk about. But anyway. She's she, lying. She changed like 10 times. <laughs> no, I, only, I did not change. I changed once. I think three times. Twice. We'll settle on three and call it even. <laughs> settle on three? I'll settle on two. <laughs> anyway, she says, the first episode I recommend you both watch is season four, episode eight, Shape Up. It's where DJ goes on a crash diet and nearly hurts herself to go to a pool party. This episode is a perfect example of the adults giving the kids semi-okay advice with no follow-through. Becky sees DJ as dieting and looking at her saying that she'd love to look like her, and she gives her a weak-ass speech of diet and exercise, no follow-through at all. And while Michelle is doing stupid, cute shit, nobody notices the ice pop, I could go on, but we'd be here all day. The second episode is all for my girl Stephanie. Oh, my poor Steph, she has it rough. She gets glasses, she gets her nose broken on TV, etc, etc, etc. My poor girl can't catch a break. Hashtag justice for middle kids. Any hoozle. Season 6, episode 24, The House Meets the Mouse, part 2. No true lessons were learned. Michelle gets to act like her usual spoiled self, and in the end, still gets to be front and center in the parade. The thing that gets me every time is Joey's speech to Stephanie, saying, It's your own fault. You weren't having any fun. God, how I hate it when people say that. How was she supposed to have fun when she was told to give up her rightful turn to her younger sister? When she had to see her sister win the three wishes when it was her turn? When she had to follow Michelle doing what Michelle wanted and dealing with a lovesick older sister who couldn't shut up about a boyfriend? Or when Michelle runs off and no real punishment happens? Anyway, I will be tuning in every week. You guys keep me entertained at work. Miranda. So, cool, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Miranda. Thank and you. yeah, so the Disney episode, <clears throat> I almost put that in there just because it has like stuff for every person, but it has stuff for every person. So it's kind of a lot to talk about. <laughs> well, I do know that the Disney episodes were like some of the few that were actually shot not on a, like the studio set. Yeah. And I think that ABC was for a while doing something with most of their shows requiring them to either go to Disneyland or Disney World. What a rough thing to have <laughs> to do. Like, you have to go. Yeah. Because, like, Boy Meets World goes. Roseanne goes. Yeah. I don't know. They basically all have it. Yeah. But What's weird is only one episode of this whole show is actually shot in San Francisco. Oh. Yeah. The premiere to season eight. That's an odd one. <laughs> yeah. That's the only one. <laughs> Strange. So, yeah, if there are any shows that you have thoughts about, feel free to send those over to us to read aloud, just like Miranda. And you can send those to tfgifpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs> so let's get into the episodes. Sure, sure, sure. The first one we've got is Honey, I Broke the House. Yes. And this one aired March 9th, 1990. And the TV Guide description is they're trying to be humorous here. Driving Miss Stephanie probably won't win awards from Danny when he finds she's backed Joey's car into the kitchen. Oh, man. TV Guide. They tried. Yeah. <laughs> so this is one of my favorite episodes because Stephanie is my favorite character. I find her hilarious. I think she has great comedic timing. Yeah, I had a crush on her uh, as, a, as a young child. Yeah. And, you know, I, <laughs> so I liked Stephanie a lot. As I was watching it growing up. Um, and she is. She's hilarious. She's very funny. Yeah. In this one, I think she is around eight years old. Okay. So 
I'll trust you for any anything <laughs> with the ages. Yeah, but she just has some very good moments in this one. But the episode starts out with the cold open of Joey playing baseball in the backyard with Michelle. Wearing a Red Wings jersey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He actually wears a lot of Detroit stuff. Yeah, because he's from Michigan. Oh, he's is from he? Detroit. Oh, yeah, because he wears like this old school Detroit baseball jersey a lot. Dave Couillet is actually from St. Clair Shores, Michigan, and he went to Notre Dame High School, which I almost went to. Oh, really? But then I decided to go to a public school because uh, I don't know why I was saying going to a private school. I think I just hated everyone. I was like, <laughs> I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. He went to U of M, too. Go blue. I actually like Michigan State better. doesn't matter. I don't care about college sports. <laughs> you just like Michigan. Yeah. You're wearing a Detroit shirt. Uh, I made sure to wear that since there is a loose uh, Michigan connect. It's not even loose. He's from Michigan. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Detroit versus everybody. <laughs> so every single episode starts with a cold open of Michelle doing something cute that has nothing to do with the plot of the entire rest of the episode. So... She's like stealing cookies from a grocery bag or playing with their dog Comet or helping bake a cake, but just eating all of the frosting. You mean Air Bud. <laughs> yes, I do yeah. mean Air Bud. Comet was the dog for Air Bud and I think Air Bud too, but then I'm pretty sure he died before any other ones were filmed. <laughs> There's a lot of Air Bud movies, by the way. Like, let me just, if I may, go on a tangent here. In the Air Bud series, you've got Air Bud. Classic. I've seen it. It at least makes moderate. No, it doesn't make that much sense, but it makes sense that, like, if you trained a dog, they could, like, hit a ball into a hoop, right? That's fine. Yeah. Like, they can, you throw out, boom, a basketball's not that hard. It's okay. <laughs> but it just goes downhill from there. Number two is Airbud Golden Receiver. Great wordplay. <laughs> All of them are puns. Yeah. If you were to throw a ball, like a spiral at a dog, like a quarterback does, that would. I don't know. I feel like it would be a large chance of shattering something in that dog's jaw. <laughs> yeah. They're coming in hot. Air Unless Bud, they come in at like the side and like grab it that way. Maybe, but it seems like a real risk. Still, a little <laughs> bit of plausibility. Airbud World Pup is the third one. Which is soccer? Yes. I guess if I could see the dog being the goalie, I've never seen it. I assume <laughs> the dog has to be the goalie. I don't know. <clears throat> I've never seen it either. Number four is where I really started getting concerned for the dog's health. <laughs> It's Airbud's seventh inning fetch. Again, great wordplay. <laughs> but a baseball is going to definitely shatter that dog's teeth. Yeah, and baseballs are pretty hard. We actually get back on track with the next one. Airbud spikes back. Volleyball. Yeah. Volleyball works. Yeah. He can play volleyball. Yeah. He can't spike it, but he can bump it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At some point here, though, Airbud had some babies. Because then you have the Air Buddies movies, which are, I think, his kids. Like his yeah, litter? I think so. And there are so many of them. I just know there's like a space one, right? There is Air Buddies uh, where they're trying to rescue their parents. <laughs> what? Snow Buddies, Space Buddies, Santa Buddies, Spooky Buddies, Treasure Buddies, Super Buddies, uh, The Search for Santa Paws, and Santa Paws 2, The Santa Pups. <laughs> and you would think like these all came out in the early 2000s, late 90s. But the last one came out in 2013. Yeah. No, they were going on for a really long time. Uh, when did Air Bud, the first one, come out? 1997. That sounds about right. There yeah. were <laughs> there were some other things filmed by Air Bud Entertainment, too. Like <laughs> MVP, Most Valuable Primate. MVP2, Most Vertical Primate. <laughs> MXP, Most Extreme Primate. And then Spymate. Why? 
All of these things had no purpose being made. <laughs> They're for children. Oh, God. There's like 20 more films they made. Oh, man. This is ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back from that tangent, Comet's a great dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Comet is great. And there's an episode where Danny is like complaining about how Comet is so misbehaving. And it's the um, least plausible yeah. plot, I think. <laughs> yeah, no. Comet is like perfect. And we'll listen to them whatever they tell him to do. So anyway, after the cold open, we see DJ and Kimmy doing homework, listening to headphones and they're plugged into a Walkman. They're like sharing this Walkman. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they had like a a splitter because they both had headphones. Yeah. They both have headphones. Yeah. We weren't using earbuds back then. (laughs) Did you have have a Walkman? Yeah. Uh, CD one or tape or both? Both. I don't think I ever had the tape Walkman. I still have it. Definitely had the CD one with the anti-skip protection. Yeah, I don't think I have my CD one, but I'm pretty sure the tape one is still somewhere. And if it's not, then I'm mad. I still have my Ace of Base tapes here, actually. They're not even at my parents' house. They're here. What was the first CD you ever got? Mariah Carey's Daydream. Is that like the first one that someone bought for you, the first one you purchased? Um, I don't remember if I bought it. I remember going to Costco with my dad and picking it out. I don't think this is the first one I ever bought, and I hope not. <laughs> but I know, like, because I know we had Backstreet Boys CDs and stuff. But I think the first one I ever bought was the Wild Wild West soundtrack. <laughs> My sister had that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like the Wild Wild West song, Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West. <laughs> yep, it was one of those things you did. You just bought the whole album, even though you only liked one song. Yeah, that's why I end up with tub thumping. I had that too. <laughs> I had that too, and my sister had the. Is the band OMC? Yeah. How, How Bizarre. bizarre. Yeah, yeah, she has that whole album. <laughs> I'm more shocked that they had enough songs to fill up an album. Yeah. I mean, same with Chumbawamba. Yeah. I remember there's a song like about short-term memory loss, but I'm I can't remember I'm pretty sure it. I didn't listen to the I whole did. thing. <laughs> uh. But I remember having that in seventh grade. <laughs> anyway, DJ and Kimmy are singing, Blame It on the Rain. Yeah, yeah. And Michelle copies them and says, rain, rain, go away. Yeah, Michelle's adorable. Yeah, she is. She's playing doctor with some stuffed animals. And Stephanie comes in and says she has 20 minutes before dance class to play. So they should drop what they're doing and play with her. And Kimmy has some good, well, they both have some good like insults to each other. Where Kimmy is like, you know, there's a country where they use little annoying kids for lunch meat. And then Stephanie says, then you'd better not go there because you're full of baloney. Yeah. My my <laughs> notes there says Stephanie crushes Kimmy with her giant wit. So the best diss that Stephanie ever does is in a different episode. And I think it's the same season. So I think it's season three. So this is Stephanie being eight years old. It's either season three or season five, because I know it's right around one of these episodes we watched. And Kimmy is writing for the school paper and doing horoscopes. And Stephanie says, horoscopes, is that a telescope that can only see your face? <laughs> <laughs> like, that is the worst burn. That's so good. <laughs> and it's way above her understanding of anything. So you know that, like, probably at the time, Jody Sweeten might not have even have gotten that. So Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, she was either 8 or 10, something like that. Yeah, This is long before she started doing math, right? <laughs> I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I hope so too. (laughs) 
Can we talk about their style real quick? Certainly. So DJ in this whole episode, it takes place over one day, so nobody has any costume changes, but DJ is wearing a yellow sweater and I think just black pants. Pretty basic. Kimmy is wearing a blue sweater with neon diagonal stripes and then some acid wash jeans. Of course. And bright yellow socks with the like, you know, old sneakers, the white ones that everybody had. Yeah. There's just so many colors going on back yeah. then. Like just so many bright colors. It didn't matter if they went together. You just had to have as many as you could. So speaking of that, we have Stephanie. Yeah. So Stephanie is wearing a blue, orange, green, black, and white Southwestern print sweater with black leggings and magenta. She's getting ready for dance. Yeah, but I'm saying she's also wearing magenta cowboy boots. Well, yeah, my, maybe it's like a Texas two-step. <laughs> but the magenta doesn't go with that sweater <laughs> at all. Eh, she's, <laughs> she's a child. She doesn't know. Yeah. I had white cowboy boots that were from a costume, a Halloween costume, but I wore them other times, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like to see that. <laughs> and then Michelle was wearing a white puffy shirt with a pink dress and a bow in her hair. Actually, Stephanie also had a bow in her hair. There were a lot of bows on this show. Did they have side ponies going on in this? No, it was like a high half pony. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually only wrote down what the girls were wearing. I didn't write down what any of the adults were wearing. I mean, generally, Danny Tanner's wearing, like, jeans that are a little too small for him. And, like, a shirt that's tucked in or a sweater or something yeah. like or that. Yeah, or he's wearing, know. like, slacks with a belt. Yeah. Joey's wearing something Detroit sportswear, sort of. Or he, I mean, he's usually more casual. Yeah, he's definitely casual. I think yeah. sometimes he wears like Hawaiian prints. Yeah, Jesse's <laughs> wearing something probably with leather. <laughs> yeah, gotta show he's the bad boy. Yep. So Stephanie just wanted attention. Yeah. Like she goes down, she tries to get Danny and Becky to listen to her tell a story about her day, but they've already heard it. And she goes into a lot of detail with all of her stories, so they know that if she starts talking, that it'll be, like, <laughs> which <laughs> forever. Dan which Danny also does. Yes, yeah. Because I think they're like, where does she get it? Yeah. As he's like, <laughs> and she goes on and on and on with so much detail and all this stuff. Uh, she goes to tell Jesse, and he's like, I heard I heard about the eye boogers or something. I forget what it was. Like, eye lint or something like that. Yeah, I think it's about the eye boogers, like crusties or something eye like crusties, that. Eye crusties, that's what it was. Yeah. He's like, go tell Joey. <laughs> so, she goes. Uh, at the same time, Jesse comes in hard with the flirting to Becky. Yeah. You know, they're together at this point, though, they right? They are, yeah. But, you know, he's coming in hard, and he then finds out she's going to going out to eat with this guy. Yeah, Bo McIntyre, who is an ex-quarterback neurosurgeon and the Bay Area's most eligible bachelor, which in like season six, five, something like that, Danny becomes the most eligible bachelor. That's the most implausible plot line. <laughs> That's what it is. And this girl literally like runs up to their back door and is like, is this where the most eligible bachelor lives? Don't remember that. <laughs> I just watched that one yesterday. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, she says that she's going out with that guy and she can't do dinner. So Jesse gets nervous and jealous. Yes, as usual. They always fight, especially early on. Yeah. So, yeah. So Stephanie goes to the backyard where Joey is, and he's out there polishing his brand new used car. Yeah, Rosie. A 1963 Rambler. And he sees that there's a nick in the paint while he's listening to Stephanie and trying to get her to stop talking to him, basically. Yeah. 
And so he says he's going to go buy a bottle of touch-up paint. And Stephanie says that she'll watch Rosie for him. This Very is a mistake. Now, let me ask a question here. Okay. Presumably the adults talk to each other. <laughs> because Jesse has just left to go get groceries or something, right? I think he was going to the grocery store. Yeah. Danny and Becky are going to work. So you would think that one of them would have said something to Joey like, hey, you're the only adult here. Watch the kids. Because DJ's not at an age yet where I think that she, maybe she is. She is. I think she's 13. Okay. So I think she's been babysitting. So I know she was babysitting him in the later season we watched. But there's just no no parental supervision whatsoever. There's no, they they don't make any good choices with this. Like, "Mm, let's just leave these kids alone. They don't like tell... Michelle that they're leaving. She's a little child. She might like freak out. Yeah. Well, the biggest mistake Joey makes is leaving the keys in the car because Stephanie gets in and pretends like she's driving and that she needs some driving music. And she sees on the gear shift thing, P N R and says, Oh, R that must mean radio and shifts it after starting the car. She does start the car. Right. How does, how does she shift the car if she can't reach the pedals? That, and how does she start the car? Because don't you have to have the gas I don't know in? if you needed to have your foot oh, on the okay. brake in that. I don't know, but... Yeah. Anyway, she somehow does this, puts the car in reverse, and it crashes backwards through the kitchen window. And she's like, I'm in the house. I'm still in the car. Please be a dream. Please be a dream. Oh, it's a no, nightmare. it's a nightmare. <laughs> Maybe no one will notice. Yeah. And then Michelle walks in and says, there's a car in the kitchen. How has no one heard the crash? Like, how loud are Kimmy and DJ listening to that music? Because it has to be pretty loud. Even if it was, like, at its <laughs> loudest, you would have felt and heard. For sure felt. Uh, Although maybe they just think it's an earthquake. Maybe, but, like, <laughs> they're very oblivious. If she is babysitting them, like, and that's her job at this point, she's very shitty at it. Yeah, for sure. Well, she's just shitty at it anyways. So Stephanie asks Michelle, did you see how it got here? And Michelle says that she didn't, basically. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I'm in the clear. Until Joey gets home and tells everyone that he left me alone with the car. She's like, then I'm dead meat. And Michelle says, you got it, dude. <laughs> like, that wasn't even a good place to have that catchphrase. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're just like, we need, to, we need to fit this in here somehow. Yep. So Stephanie is freaking out, rightfully so, and goes upstairs to where DJ and Kimmy are still doing homework and singing Paula Abdul. <laughs> yep, I've got that note in here. <laughs> I figured you would have something about it. Uh, Were you course. a Paula Abdul fan? I mean, I like that song. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. I don't really remember many of her other works. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure I read her biography. It couldn't have been an autobiography, Mm. but when I was like nine, something like that. Anyway, Stephanie starts packing because she's going to skip town. (laughs) Right. Which, ridiculous. Uh, She leaves for dance after saying her goodbyes to DJ and Michelle, gives them hugs, kisses, you know, tells her, says her tearful goodbyes. Kimmy wants a hug. She just leaves. Yeah. She tells Michelle, best of luck in everything you do. (laughs) And Uh, then DJ and Kimmy go downstairs, and that's where we have, whoa, baby. Whoa, baby! (laughs) There's a car in the kitchen! I told you so. (laughs) 
Michelle, do you know how Joey's car got in here? Yes, I do. How? Through the window. Listen up. Thank you. How did a car get in the kitchen? Through the window. The Gibbler kills it here. <laughs> like, where's the car? In your new garage. <laughs> yeah, that's after... Um, oh, no, that's when... That's, that's when, when Danny, Danny comes, comes home. home, not Jesse. Yeah, yeah. well... Jesse gets home right before Danny. Yeah, because Danny comes home and shouts from the other room, where is everybody? And she says, in your new garage. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Work must have been really quick, because, like, he he got back right after Jesse, who went grocery shopping. Yeah, and I don't know. And before Joey, who was just going to the store to get paint. I don't know. Were they going to work? I know they were preparing for work, but they do that a lot, where they'll, like, get ready for the week segments. I, I don't know. It sounded like they were going to work. Either way, he gets home. I'm like, he just left. I'm so lost on the timeline. <laughs> yeah. Also, my note just says, Saget looks so young. He does. And he's like a beanpole. Yeah. And then I said, LOL, why did DJ have to take his picture there? And why is he mostly upset about the floor and not about the rest of the house? <laughs> yeah, because he's like, I just waxed the floor. God. Then we see Stephanie showing up at Becky's with her bag. And she says that she came to say goodbye because she's moving to Mexico. To start a new life as a Mexican hat dancer. Yeah. <laughs> she loves that dance. She's like actually pretty chill about having run a car through the house. Like, <laughs> you know, she, I mean, she knows she's in trouble, but she's yeah. like pretty chill about it at this point. She's running on adrenaline. She's in shock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesse shows up before she can, or as she's trying to tell Becky what happened, she can't get it out. Yeah, she has a super gigantic dinosaur size problem. Yeah. But she keeps just saying, I draw, I draw, I draw. And Becky asks, Did something break? You name it, I broke it. <laughs> <laughs> she goes and hides in the coat closet yep. when Jesse's there. Jesse comes in. He's clearly jealous of this bow fella. Yeah, he uh, heard voices. Yeah. Asks for forgiveness, brought her some flowers and stuff. But then he sees the suitcase and he yep. thinks Bo is there now. Yep. So he goes to the closet to look for Bo. And as he opens the door, we see Stephanie hanging in a coat on the door, like hanging by the hanger, basically. Yeah. Just like, la-di-da. <laughs> this actually leads to my favorite line from this episode. When she tells Jesse that she drove the car through the kitchen, he says, Steph, you can't even drive. You're telling me. <laughs> like, that, yeah. I like that one. Well, I like when Jesse says, what are you doing here? And she says, just hanging around when she's hanging in the closet. Yeah. And yeah, it's definitely implausible that she would have been able to, you know, get into that coat at all, yeah. let alone within 30 <clears throat> seconds. But Without making any noise. <laughs> yeah, but I just love that scene. And especially Stephanie's face, the look on her face when he opens the door. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. It's really good. Um, back at the house, Danny's still freaking out and ready to like, murder Joey. Yeah. And... There's a nice one-hour photo reference when they're talking about, like, <laughs> seeing the look on everyone's face and all that. That's some solid 90s stuff. Yeah. And um, DJ says, hey, Dad, it's almost dinner. Do you want me to set the car? 
Yeah. <laughs> my my note there just says DJ's sassing at the wrong time. Oh. <laughs> Joey has no clue what's happening. And he sees the car in there and he thinks it's his punishment for not filling the ice cube tray that they destroyed his car for. <laughs> Speaking of running into things, come with me into the kitchen. Uh, are you upset because I took the last ice cube and didn't refill the tray? <laughs> Something like that. Wait, Dad, let me get in there first. Danny, look, I'll, I'll go to the store. I'll buy some more ice. Everything will be fine, okay? Don't worry about it. My car! Rosie! <laughs> this is my punishment for not filling the ice cube tray? But naturally, because this is a family sitcom in the <laughs> 90s, 80s, 90s, Steph and Jesse show up right on time. Everything gets all sorted out of who did what. Yeah. And we find out that, of course, the radio didn't even work at all. It was perfect. Almost that? perfect. Yeah. The radio didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and then Michelle tells him, don't cry. Be a big boy. So Danny sends, uh, Danny sends Steph up to her room. DJ tries to, you know, console, console her. her. And yeah. then she tells Danny, go easy on her. <laughs> um, and this part actually made me really sad. Because she says, everything I do is wrong. I hate myself. I don't deserve fresh air. What you did today is the stupidest thing you've ever done. I know. That's why I ran away. And you know better than that, too, don't you? I know. Everything I do is wrong. I hate myself. Steph, come out from under there. I don't deserve fresh air. <laughs> How long do you intend to stay under that blanket? Till I get married. You know, it could be very difficult to meet somebody under there. I'll just stay in my room the rest of my life. Kids shouldn't feel that bad about themselves. Like, it made me really sad. Yeah, it's like when you're a kid and you, like, spill milk and you, like, freak out over it because you think that you're going to get in trouble for, like, spilling something. Yeah, but this is but even this is way bigger. Like, she but... legitimately, like, has, like, negative self-image of herself at eight. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Danny was right to have been upset. He's like, you could have been hurt. You could have hurt somebody else. Like, somebody could have been sitting at that table. Yeah. For sure. Michelle could have Michelle could have easily gotten ran over. Yeah, and Michelle comes in. She's the first one to come in. She's the yeah. only one who hears the crash. No one is taking care of her. <laughs> no. God. I mean, it was with, the early 90s. <laughs> with that many adults, though, in the house and around it. God. I mean, there's other times, like, yeah. Michelle... Here's the ice cream man, and she tries to get together some money so that she can run out to buy ice cream. Nobody's watching her. Uh, but yeah, so Stephanie starts to cry, and it's very fake crying. Yeah, well, she's a kid. Yeah, and there's the quintessential Full House dramatic, sentimental dad music. Talk. Yeah, during the dad talk. Steph, those are just things. We can always buy a new car, or we could put up a new wall. But there's only one Stephanie Judith Tanner. And you could never be replaced. Gee, I never thought of that. I think about it every day. We get our hugging, because this is a very hugging family, and Stephanie learns her lesson. The end. The end. Ah, good episode. Good episode. Yes. This is one of my favorite episodes. Like, it's one of the ones that I remember the most. I don't, I'm sure I didn't watch it when it first aired. I was five years old. Actually, I was probably four years old. But it's a good one. It has a lot of good Stephanie stuff. She's my favorite. 
and it just shows her comedic timing, I think, really well. So I'm going to give this one, oh, I almost want to give it four and a half. I want to give this four and a half rosies out of five. Okay. And part of the reason there is that there's not a lot going on. It's per, it's a really easy storyline to follow. It's pretty much just Stephanie. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was funny. It was good. Uh, I'm going to give it... Oh, yeah. I'm going to give it three and a half Red Wings jerseys out of five. Appropriate for you? Yeah. So a few random things here okay. first before we get to the second episode. Uh, now that we're on an episode with a focus on Jody Sweeten, a.k.a. Stephanie... Do you know she was slapped by Little Richard once while they were filming the show? <laughs> I know Little Richard was on the show. He played Denise's uncle. Yeah, he slapped her. Really? It was on accident. They were doing oh. like a take and he slapped her and felt like horrible about it, I guess, afterward. But <clears throat> Oh, man. I thought that was funny. I almost used that at the beginning. Like, the show that Little Richard had slapped a kid. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, I found, because I was looking, I needed to know how old Danny Tanner was. Yeah. He was 29 at the very beginning. Okay. Like, so, I guess he had the first kid at 19 then? Yeah. Okay. Um, with the Olsons, they were almost replaced thanks to John Stamos at the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah. They originally got the job because out of all the twins that they auditioned, they were the only ones that didn't cry. That's how they got the job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's important for a show where you need kids to behave. Yeah. And it's probably very, very hard to control babies. Yeah. John Stamos didn't like them when they were doing the pilot. So they What's were not to like? They're babies. Right? <laughs> so they were replaced by redheads. Gingers. Whoa. And uh, the producers didn't like them. So they brought back the Olsons, who then almost quit after the first season, too. I mean, they didn't know. Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't them. <laughs> Their mom almost had them quit so that they could have a normal childhood. She was afraid they wouldn't have that. But then they were offered a big pay raise, so they stayed on. And they had the complete opposite of a normal childhood. <laughs> yeah, did not. God. <laughs> because probably about half of what I watched growing up was related to the Olsons, I Our feel like. Our lips are sealed, uh, vacation in the, or holiday in the sun. Well, also the, the motion detective. picture, the like one that was in the theaters, It Takes Two. It Takes Two, I remember that with one. With Steve Gutenberg and Kirstie Alley. My yeah. sister and I watched that all the time, <laughs> and we would quote it, and she was always Ashley, and I was always Mary-Kate. <laughs> oh, because my name's man. Katie, so I was kind of yeah. forced to be Mary-Kate, but I also thought she was cooler because she was like more of a tomboy. <laughs> oh god at least in it takes two she was uh they both appeared on the screen together four different times in the series they did yeah my yeah. favorite one of those is when they're one of them is playing the greek cousin oh yeah okay i remember yeah <laughs> Mary-Kate apparently had the majority of the funny scenes, quote-unquote, and Ashley did the more serious ones. Oh. I mean, that makes sense that they would have kind of like their specialties, I guess. Yeah. And Ashley was almost fired later on in the show when they only needed one twin because of, you know, like they got to a certain age, child labor laws changed. -ish. Yeah. Uh, but John Stamos, I guess, saved their job that time. Oh. Said, no, we need them both. Nice. Yeah. I mean... Uncle Jesse and Michelle have a very special relationship on the show, so I guess it makes sense that he would feel that way about the Olsons themselves. Yeah, even though he got high during one of their birthdays. <laughs> nice. Yeah, him, uh, 
Saget, Stamos, and Kouye got high uh, while waiting to shoot a scene about Michelle's birthday where they used Ready Whip and uh, got high off of that. Off of Ready Whip? Like the, the, oh, the, the like cans, can. like turn it upside down and do the, I don't even know. I haven't, I've never gotten high off a of Ready Whip no. can. So. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. Oh, God. Um, and last thing about Michelle, the reason that Michelle ate with both hands is because the Olsons use different hands. Oh. One is left-handed, one's right-handed. And so they just had Michelle eat with both hands. I never even noticed that. Interesting. I mean, there is like an episode where she is eating spaghetti yeah, and Danny's like trying to teach her how to use a spoon and a fork, like yeah. combination. And she just like piles it into her face. I've watched a lot of Full House over the last week. I'm sure you have. <laughs> I didn't watch any of season one or two. I started with season three and yeah. watched through like season six. And I'm sure you noticed that every main character is in every episode. I didn't. Except for one. Who? DJ is the only character who main character who's not in every episode. She missed one. Oh. Anyway. Anyway. Second episode. Why not? Let's go to it. So we have season five, Sisters in Crime, and the air date was December 17th, 1991. And the TV Guide description is, left home alone with the girls, DJ splits with them, and a prospective boyfriend to the movies. And this is the first episode with Steve, DJ's boyfriend, but he's playing actually Steve Peters, not Steve Hale. Didn't know he was two Steves. Well, I think they just changed his last name, but... No. Which seems like a stupid, like, no one cares about their last names. No. At all. <laughs> uh, they care that he's the voice of Aladdin. That's what they care about. They really care about that in that Disneyland episode. Do they? Oh, yeah. I don't know that. Yeah, like... Um, DJ sees Aladdin and thinks that it's Steve and Steve is back home. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> nice. she thinks she sees Steve like all over the place. Like she thinks Indiana Jones is Steve. And then eventually she does see him for real because he comes anyway. Yeah. He's Aladdin. Any he's also <laughs> on Scrubs. Steve is? Yeah. When is he on Scrubs? Man, that is why I picked this episode for you. Steve, I mean... Uh, wow. No, I don't... Is he, he has to be a very minor character, yeah? He is... Oh, sorry. He is only in one episode. Yeah. <laughs> don't I, you just say that as though I'm going to forget somebody that's been in multiple I'm things. I'm pretty sure I told you that he was in Scrubs before we did this, but... No, I thought you said... No, isn't this one who he was a producer? No, that nope. was Jason Bateman. So he's in the episode My Coffee. All right, hold on. I know the... All right, so the episode is when they first open the coffee bucks in I don't know the description doesn't mention anything about that what is it Carla is finding the decision to return to work after having the baby tough yes yeah, 100% it's the episode that they open as oh. soon as you said that I know Okay. <laughs> they open up the coffee bucks so he must be like a person that works at the coffee bucks as no, a barista he's a, doctor. he's a doctor yeah so he's probably in line outside of the fucking coffee I don't bucks think so then. because I am guessing based on the next part of the description that it's somebody who works with Elliot I'm not positive it says Elliot treats another doctor which is always tough going and he plays Dr. Kirshner oh okay I know exactly who it is now. This is when Elliot's treating the private practice guy, and then she gets recruited to work for him. Kirshner's like the yes man who like doesn't he doesn't have any lines except for what the doctor says. Oh, okay. <laughs> he looks different. <laughs> well, I guess that was like a decade and a half later. How does he look different? I don't think he looks the same. 
Oh. He's 15 years older at least. Yeah, I mean, he mostly looks the same. His hairline's just a little bit higher. That's definitely... For somebody who doesn't remember Full House, I'm not going to remember, like, <laughs> what Steve looks like from one episode. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> anyway, there's your Scrubs connection. <laughs> Yay, Scrubs. It's a good episode. <laughs> so this episode starts with another Michelle being cute, cold open. Jesse and Becky have had the twins, Nikki and Alex, and they're trying to burp them and see who can do it the fastest. And Michelle comes down to ask what they're doing, and they tell her, and she says, well, she burps, and then says, I'm still the burp champion in your face. <laughs> then we have our opening theme. When they when they have, like, the shot of them driving across the Golden State Bridge. Yeah. That's what it's called, right? No, Golden, Golden Gate, Gate Bridge. Bridge. The Golden State Bridge. <laughs> Been watching You've been watching a lot watching of basketball. Too much basketball. <laughs> <laughs> when they're, that shot of them driving across the Golden Gate Bridge is not actually them. It's just doubles that they shot. Well, it like shows them at first and then pans away. They're not in the car. Oh. At the all? actors are not in the car in that, no. Even at the beginning? At the beginning they are. In the car. Not any of the shot where they're on the Golden Gate Bridge. Okay. The actors so are not So they probably there. like panned up enough to where they could like cut it. And then show it going across the bridge and then not being them. Yeah, I mean, they, I know there's a shot of them in the car, but not yeah. going across the bridge. Okay. Afterward, we have Joey, Jesse, and Danny about to play hockey. And my only note of this part said, I'm shocked that Jesse knows the names of the three musketeers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know them. Isn't it Athos, Porth, or... Uh, they say two of them. I don't know. <laughs> now I'm... Sp- Man, I would have fucking lost on uh, Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> Is that so one of the questions? the last question, and he knows it. Athos, <laughs> Porthos, and who's the third one, right? The boys are back, and we're having a good time. We're hanging out together. The boys. That's eh? right. Hanging out just like the good old days. Right. That's right. One for all and all for one. Just like the three musketeers. Athos. Porthos. Annette. <laughs> the musketeers. The musketeers. <laughs> Vicky shows up. She wants to see Danny play, and so he puts on his macho man uh you know attitude because he was very nervous about the yeah. puck coming in so fast yeah whatever because he's gonna be the goalie yeah uh i would have liked the episode just be about them playing hockey that would have been hilarious yeah and really this whole like b storyline <clears throat> is about a minute of screen time yeah. we have this part here they're getting ready to go to this hockey game danny thanks dj for watching the girls on a saturday and she's like well my date bailed didn't call yeah then yeah. later we see them when they get back yep. and they basically get into a hockey brawl until Becky comes in and yeah, they're trying to like outman each other, like be the, like they see who can do the most push-ups at the yeah. end. Yeah. So dumb that, and that's their entire story for that's this. The whole thing. Like Danny has a little bit more at the end, but it connects with the, the main plot. Yeah. Um, little side note about Bob Saget and Dave Couillet. They knew each other long before the show. Uh, in fact, they met in 1979 when Kuye used to sleep on Bob Saget's couch. He, they met in a comedy club in Detroit, and Saget told Kuye, like, if you ever out there, hit, hit me up. Huh. They did, and uh, so he slept on his couch while they were, you know, aspiring comics and such. And Dave Kuye was uh, an usher at Bob Saget's wedding. Oh. So they were buddies, just like on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Danny tells DJ that Stephanie has to finish her book report and Michelle can't go outside because she has the sniffles. 
<laughs> exactly. She sniffles a lot. Yeah, so she does that like right in Stephanie's ear while she's doing her homework, wearing her big giant glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Just to show that she's being studious in case we couldn't pick up on that. Well, she got those glasses earlier in the season in a crossover episode with Steve Urkel. God. <laughs> <laughs> so Urkel comes and he's like the annoying cousin of some girl that DJ is like working on a school project with. And that's the episode that Stephanie is getting her glasses and she doesn't want to wear them because she thinks that people are going to make fun of her. And so he like basically talks to her and gives her some advice about how now Stephanie. <laughs> God, Urkel was very formative to my life. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I can't remember everything. I did <laughs> watch okay. that episode. She's wearing these glasses because she needs them. Right. They're reading glasses, actually. <laughs> That's fine. Um, DJ's babysitting them at this point, as we said. I feel like it's a very 90s trope or just thing to say like i gotta do this book report like yeah <laughs> i don't remember anyone doing book reports anymore at this point like anymore I don't think they, yeah kids like don't do book reports they have to do other things with them really yeah i had to do so many book reports yeah it was a 90s thing we're like all right you read this book do it we know how to teach better now <laughs> anyways steve shows up and asks uh asks about notes yeah because he gave a note to somebody to give to Kimmy to give to DJ asking DJ to the movies. And she says she didn't get that note because Kimmy skips home ec. Yeah, she always ditches home ec. She's going to marry a doctor and hire a maid. <laughs> uh, so yeah. DJ being the, well, I mean, she's learned from the other adults in that household. <laughs> uh, being the great role model she is, she brings the girls with her so she can go on the date. Yep. And... Steve wants to go see this movie called Thunder Raceway, and speaking, speaking of, of Thunder Raceway, <laughs> car going by really loudly, um, but Stephanie's like, we can't do that. It's rated PG, parental guidance. And yeah, I, her, I had to write down her exact line. She said, I believe that's rated PG, parental guidance suggested. <laughs> And she, like, whispers it to him, which yeah. is hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, and while I was watching this, I literally thought Stephanie was, like, 12 years old. She looks a lot older than nine. She's nine in this? Yeah. No, she looks about, like, I thought she was, like, 10. Oh, really? I She seemed a lot older to me. Like, in all of the seasons, she seems older than she actually is. I don't know why. But I was like, still, at nine, you want to go see the littlest sea lion? She's oh, like, God. oh, I wanted to see that. Um, my next, my next note after that, besides saying DJ with the shitty babysitting game says, who bought them all this candy? LOL. Kimmy is the best. It's her first day on the job. Question mark. <laughs> Man, they trust her. Nice vest for workers. Yeah. I had a lot. There's so much going on at this, <laughs> at this spot. Yeah. Cause they go to the movies and I assume that DJ gave Stephanie and Michelle money to buy snacks. Yeah. I don't know why she gave them all of the money, knowing she didn't have that much and was going to need to buy them tickets. It seems like you would buy tickets before you buy snacks. Right. So Stephanie just uses all of the money to buy snacks, and then there's no money left for tickets. Steve, this is really embarrassing, but I don't have enough money to pay for my sisters. I only have enough for us. Hey, maybe we should just forget the whole thing. No, no, wait. Um, Why don't you just buy our tickets? Kimmy just started working here. Maybe she'll have an idea. That'll be a first. <laughs> we need to talk. 
I know, you're with Steve Peters. So why'd you bring those rugrats? I had no choice. Hey, can I borrow 10 bucks? Yeah, sure. But I can't get it right now. I'm on duty. If I leave, kids will sneak in. Kimmy, that's the answer. You have to sneak my sisters in. What? You're asking me to commit a crime my first day on the job? I'm shocked. You're not going to do it? Well, of course I'll do it. But I'm still shocked. Stephanie and Michelle are hilarious in the movie theater. Like, as soon as... backing up before that. Because Kimmy, the way they get in the theater is Kimmy tells Stephanie that she's the one millionth customer. Oh, yeah, and she gets a free guest. Yeah. So the theater that's been open for a week... She's the millionth customer. <laughs> but yeah, they go into the theater. They're super annoying. Yeah. All right. First of all, DJ is continuing with her shitty babysitting by putting these two young children. Yes, they're in a movie for kids, <laughs> but still predators. Uh, <laughs> she puts them like by themselves. And then well, first she's behind. right behind them. Yeah. And Steve's about to put his arm around her and like, DJ, watch out, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. No, I, what I wrote was, if she's babysitting, especially if she wants to make out during the movie, wouldn't it have been better to put them in front of her? Yeah. So she can at least still watch them, and they can't watch her? Well, it just goes to show why she's a shitty babysitter. <laughs> I guess so. Um, so, yeah, after the DJ watch out, she sends them to the back row. Yeah, I guess no one cared. I said, why is no one else in this theater upset? Uh, because they're so loud. But I guess... It's a kids movie. Maybe they're used to like kids being loud. And the movie hasn't actually started yet because that was all happening during the Pink Panther cartoon. <laughs> yeah. The guy comes in checking ticket stubs and I just said, OK, guy, you're <laughs> just going to pick like every person in here to check their tickets. You're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the first people he chooses are them and they don't have tickets. Uh, Kimmy comes in to tell DJ what happened and is like, I hope they don't rat me out. And Steph <laughs> rolls on her immediately yep she's spelling gibbler g-i-b-b-l-e-r dj comes in with the worst alibi of all time that somehow works here you are girls i'm so disappointed in you who are you i'm their sister sir the good sister what scam did they run this time the old one millionth customer story but kimmy said the Shame on you, blaming sweet, poor, innocent Kimmy. <laughs> Sir, they may look cute, but don't be fooled. They've been sneaking into G-rated movies all over town. In fact, they're known as Snake and Sniffles. Which one am I? Look, I called your home, but no one answered. Oh, that's too bad. My father needs to know about this. <sighs> like this guy... I'm starting to see why he has elevated himself in life to movie store manager, I guess. And why he, and why he hired Kimmy. Hired Kimmy and got outwitted by <laughs> a bunch of preteens. Yeah. Goodness. So they go back home and DJ's like, we're not out of the woods yet. We need to tell dad what didn't happen. And I think Stephanie says something about like <laughs> lying and like lying is bad. And she's like, no, it's just a fiblet. Yeah. Which is bullshit. <laughs> DJ's trying to save her ass. Steph knows she can't blackmail DJ because the book report. Uh, so they come up with this story and, you know, it's about the sandwiches and the games they played and well, blah, blah, blah. DJ says the secret to a good lie is details, which is exactly the opposite. Right. You want to have fewer details because otherwise you can't get tripped up in the details. Yeah. <laughs> but the kids, uh, 
pull it off. Like Danny comes home and after the aforementioned fight, he comes (laughs) up and they tell him all the lies, uh, the fiblets. And he's like, oh, thank you. Blah, blah, blah. DJ's talking to herself. And we have yet another time where they feel bad about themselves. She calls herself scum. Lower than scum. She's upset at herself. And uh, it's when he says he's going to take Danny says he's going to take them to the movies that she loses her shit. I've turned my sisters into liars, but good liars. I got an idea. Since you girls were all cooped up in the house all day, why don't we go to a movie tonight? All right. Uh-oh, he knows something. How about the, the littlest sea lion? Have you girls seen it? No, Dad, I can honestly say we haven't. Great. You know, Deej, since you're becoming so responsible, Maybe it's time I raised your allowance, huh? I don't deserve a raise. How does two fifty more a week sound? Sounds great. Why is he torturing me? I love you, sweetheart. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Dad, Steve came over and we took Stephanie and Michelle to the movies. We didn't have enough money to pay for them, so I made Kimmy sneak them in, and then we all got caught, and then I forced them to lie to you about the whole thing. And that's what really happened. I feel so much better. Ooh, that's a bad face. Danny punishes them all. Well, and they're all like, we're all in trouble, even though, like, even DJ's like, they didn't really have anything to do with this. And he's like, you do the crime, you do the time. Yep. And she finishes up by helping with the book report and playing Candyland. And explains to them what a conscience is. And that's where we have the sentimental music in this episode is when she's (laughs) basically giving them the lesson about coming clean and listening to the little voice in your head. And I think it's actually I don't know if it's Stephanie or Michelle. One of them says it sounds like a pain in the neck. Yeah. Second episode. Uh, I liked it about the same as the first one. Pretty, pretty standard for me. And in fact, it's going to get the uh, it's going to get the same score from me. It's going to get three and a half Gibblers. (laughs) Um, For me, this one I mainly picked because I couldn't pick another Stephanie episode. And so I was trying to think of a DJ episode that A, wasn't too centric on Stephanie. B, had Steve in it. And C, didn't have another car crashing through the window. Or didn't have something crashing through the window. Because the one I really wanted to pick was the apartment where Steve gets his own apartment after he goes to college. But a cement truck thing goes through the window. I see. (laughs) So I didn't pick that episode because I thought they would be too similar. So I picked this one. And for me, it's an okay episode. Like, I probably would give it about three and a half, three and a half bologna sandwiches out of five. There's better episodes, but, you know. Um, so those are our episodes. Just got a few other things. And then I think that Katie, you've got some stuff on Fuller Fuller House. House. Before we get to that, let's go backward in time to the beginning of the show where Danny Tanner was not Bob Saget. What? Nope. Paul Reiser was almost Danny Tanner. I read that Bob Saget was the original concept for Danny. He was. But he had another show at the time. Oh. And so they couldn't do that. So they were trying to get Paul Reiser and then... Danny is played in the pilot scene by the network by John Posey. Yes, I knew that. And uh, then after the pilot was accepted, 
Saget lost his other TV job. Oh. And so he got to be on this. And then Cut It Out. Cut It Out. <laughs> was stolen. Oh. It was stolen from Mark Sandrowski, Dave Coulier's friend and a director for The Big Bang Theory. Uh-oh. That sounds bad. Yeah, he cut it from him. <laughs> what uh, happened with that? Nothing. I mean, he's he's oh, like, okay. he told them that he was going to use it, and he, t- and he did. <laughs> okay, so the guy never, like, sued or got mad or anything like that? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, what other characters we got here? I already said that Uncle Jesse's original name was going to be Adam until they decided <laughs> to change that, but his real name was Hermes. Yes. That and, was changed. Yeah, I watched that episode very recently, and Michelle finds out what the name is from DJ and then says something like, that's okay, Uncle Hermes, or I don't know what it is. And he's like, what did you just call me? Let's <laughs> see, <laughs> so yeah, I talked about the Olsen twins before. Candace Cameron, a.k.a. DJ, her first kiss was on the show. I watched that episode, too. <laughs> her, like, her actual first kiss, so. Uh, she also met her husband, thanks to the show, because um, Dave Coulier, hockey fan, yep. introduced her to Valerie Bure, her husband. Yep. Another hockey thing. There's a lot of hockey on this show. I also didn't know she was Kirk Cameron's sister. Yep. Guess I didn't. I never really watched Family Ties, right? That was his show? No, it was Growing Pains. Growing Pains, one of them. Yeah. Shit, they're all, God, there's so many of them. And they're also both like super religious. Are they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Super, super religious. I know she was more conservative than a lot of the other people on the... I think, I'm not positive, but I think it's kind of like a born-again Christian kind of thing. Okay. Not positive. Um, after the show was canceled, it almost ended up on the WB, Oh, but they ended up going with sister, sister instead, <laughs> which I'm fine with. Um, this one you'll like after the show was canceled, the set was used by friends. Oh, they nice. taped friends on that set. Interesting. Yep. Doesn't look at all similar. No, I mean, they changed it. <laughs> yeah. They changed it for that. Uh, and last but not least, the theme song. The reason it's so catchy is that the guys who wrote it, Jesse Frederick and Bennett Salve, also wrote the themes for Family Matters and Step by Step. I figured Step by Step because they're very similar. Right. <laughs> they they are. Yeah, and I've so I've been watching a lot of these episodes, and a bunch of these seasons have like the longer version of the theme song that I don't necessarily remember. It's not what I think about when I think about the theme song. Yeah. It has like an extra like half a verse in it, but um, it's not as catchy. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about two of the other ladies on the show. Lori <laughs> Laughlin, who is Becky, she's only meant to be in six episodes oh. and then they liked her so much and uh, kept her on. And John Stamos says that she's the one who got away from him in real life. Yeah, I think that they like kind of dated in real life a yeah. little bit. Yeah, they said it was just always bad timing. Yeah. And then Andrea Barber, who is Kimmy. Uh, she brought her prom date on set and had <laughs> hair and makeup help her get ready for prom. Yeah, nice. I always liked Kimmy. Oh, I don't I know loved why. Kimmy. She, Kimmy was I, great. She got the short end of the stick a lot. Like the whole joke about her feet <clears throat> being stinky, like all the time they use that. Yeah. And, you know, she was like the Urkel, like telling her to go home. And I loved Kimmy. She's great. Yeah. So that is that is what I've got show related. Okay. So Fuller House is the reboot that happened for Full House recently. Have you seen it? Not even remotely. Do you know anything about it? I know that it's a show. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of it. 
And when the first season came out, I might have watched it twice. And that wasn't because it was good. It was mostly because I liked seeing the characters again, I think. It's because you just couldn't watch anything new. <laughs> that too. I do tend to like rewatch things a lot, but I don't know. I thought it was easy enough to watch just like the original series. So there's going to be some spoilers here. So if you haven't watched the show and want to, then maybe skip ahead. But Fuller House premiered on Netflix on February 26th, 2016. It has three seasons so far. The third season was actually broken into two. So they could like have half of it at one point and then like a couple months later did the second part and the fourth season is in production right now didn't know there was more than one season of it yep it is a big hit for netflix right now god and it's not good i like it i don't know (laughs) on a scale of one to ten how good is it objectively or subjectively objectively objectively maybe like a five okay So in this remake, DJ has been widowed and is now raising three boys. So it's basically like a gender swap version of Full House. God. And the reason it's called Fuller House is because that's DJ's last name. The guy she married, his last name is Fuller. Was his first name Steve? No, his first name was Tommy. Okay. (laughs) So Stephanie moves in to help out with raising her kids, her three boys, along with Kimmy. And her daughter, Ramona. And DJ's kids are Jackson, Max, and Tommy Jr. And they have the same age differences as DJ, Stephanie, and Michelle. So Tommy is a baby, just like Michelle was. (laughs) Drew was like looking at me. Actually, he's looking at the floor in disbelief. Now he's shaking his head. (laughs) Go on. So Kimmy was married to a guy named Fernando. (laughs) and they get divorced but he's a pretty constant character on the show and i guess i think they get remarried at some point and dj works as a vet and her co-worker is matt and he is the son of the guy who owns the vet and they start a relationship but then steve shows up and the two of them are fighting over dj for basically the entire series okay (laughs) And Michelle is not on the show at all. They basically just say that she is in New York working as a fashion designer. So basically alluding to Mary-Kate and Ashley. And I think it's in the first episode. The whole family is like in the kitchen. So you've got Danny, Jesse, Becky, all of them there too. And they all like look at the camera when they like say what she's doing and how she's like not coming. And that's basically like them calling her out. But... Yeah, I mean, I know there was some drama over it. I, I don't, don't know if it was, it. like, drama so much as, like, they're saying I mean, we Stamos, don't act anymore. Stamos said there was some drama. But oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So he had all a DUI, so. <laughs> so all of the adults from the original series show up, but they're not main characters. And I actually think that they all have lost their acting ability for the most part, because <laughs> I like the episodes without them better. I mean, SAG, it's more of a stand-up comic anyway. Yeah. Like, he had America's Funniest Home Videos, and, like... It's pretty well known by this, like at this point, that he's pretty dirty comic. Oh, yeah, for sure. uh, He was in like the aristocrats that Penn and Teller did where it's like about the dirtiest joke in the world. And he tells like the dirtiest version of it. Uh, I looked up something, an interview where he talks about the first dirty joke he ever told. Oh, really? Says his twin cousins, Eddie and Howard, told him it when he was either eight or nine. The one he, he says he got in trouble for saying it to, he says... The joke goes, there's a kid sitting on a bench eating these little pills out of a container. 
An older kid says, hey, what are you eating? And he goes, I'm eating smart pills. The older kid goes, smart pills, let me try one of those. He eats one and says, this tastes like rabbit shit. And the other kid says, see, you're getting smarter already. And then he follows this up by saying, it just doesn't make any sense because that means the younger kid was eating rabbit shit and it's not really pulling a prank. You're doing it. It's confusing and it's terrible and it's a horrible telling of nothing of a joke. But it's the first one I got in trouble for because I said the word shit and my mom got upset. (laughs) So he was like a kid when he said that? He said he was eight or nine. Oh, okay. So on the show, DJ is a vet. Stephanie is a DJ. Kimmy is a party planner. God damn it. <laughs> and DJ's kids are really cute. Like the middle one, Max, has some pretty good one-liners. One of them is, holy chalupas. <laughs> That's like their catchphrase. Like, you got it, dude. It's holy chalupas. Yep. I think it's supposed uh, to be like DJ saying, oh, my Lanta. <sighs> <laughs> you don't sound impressed. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not like... I love Arrested Development and I like that they keep like continuing, but it's not like a reboot like these other ones. And I just never feel like there's a need to reboot the shows. Like I love Scrubs, but I would never want them to reboot it. Yeah. I just come up with something new. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I don't know. It's fine for me to just have something to watch. I'm not saying I love it, but I like it enough. You can watch the old ones if you have something to watch. Well, sort of. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. So I think I think that's it for Full House, right? Yeah, I think that wraps it up for us. Uh, you know, it, it was a nice trip down memory lane. I remembered yeah. it. I, I looked up a lot of things. I think I still have a crush on Jodie Sweetin. <laughs> still good looking. She had that meth problem for a while, but, you know, went away. Yeah, no, she is doing pretty well for she herself like now. four ex-husbands or something like that? I don't know about that. I know she was recently engaged and isn't now. She had at least three husbands. I know that. Oh, I did get Kimmy Gibbler, Andrea Barber, commented on one of my Instagram posts one time. Oh, okay. Because, so she's a runner and she has, well, it's not hers, but there's a pair of socks by Pro Compression that are like striped, um, like rainbow striped. And people call them the Gibblers. Nice. And she wears them a lot. And I have them, and I took a picture of myself wearing them on a run, and she commented on it. Nice. I was very excited. I may have screenshotted that. <laughs> I went to school with an Andrea Barber. Oh, my. Weird. Not the same one. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> She's uh-huh. quite a bit older than you. Yeah. <laughs> but that does wrap up the show for us this week. Uh, yep. Next week, we will be taking on Will and Grace. Yes. One of my personal all-time favorite shows. Same. I used to watch it with my mom and dad a lot. Yeah. Um, I watched it with my mom. I don't. I guess my dad watched it too, but mostly my mom. And my mom and I recently watched one of our favorite episodes. We will have those episodes that we end up choosing because uh, not sure what, exactly what they are yet. Yeah. Uh, we'll have them up on the website, on social media, etc. Yep. Um, I plan on live tweeting as I watch them. Okay. So uh, I'll post about that on Twitter. Are you going to use our Twitter account for that? Yeah. Okay. So So. that is TFGIF podcast, but that's where we are everywhere. Yeah. On Twitter, Instagram, other places, wherever Katie has. Yeah. Something, something like that. Email. Uh, Yeah. And as we said earlier, if you listen and you have a chance, rate, what is it? Review. Rate, review, subscribe. That's the word. Yeah. All those things. Do those things. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. And it's appreciated. Yes. All right. 
So until next Friday, bye. bye.